We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit EquipusChurch.com. Thank you, team. Hey, well, tonight, oh yeah, grab a seat, grab a seat. Tonight, our panel's all on heart issues. Ooh. I bet you're not envious of these guys up here now. We're dealing with some heavy stuff tonight, but I know that they're going to share some incredible wisdom with us, so be attentive. Now, the great thing about tonight is you guys are asking the questions. It's not all on me. So they're going to flick my number up on the screen here. That is my number. Use it wisely. No hate mail, please. Only encouragement. Only encouragement. But if you send me a text through to that with your question for tonight, if you are not the tech-savvy person, then I have actually got some little post-it notes here with some pens. So if you want to write me some snail mail, then please do that because we don't want to exclude anybody from asking questions. Cool? Awesome. So I'm actually just going to leave that on the seat down here. Cool? And if you want to come get a note, then that'd be great. Hey, thanks, Justine. Much appreciated. Cool. Well, I'm going to start off tonight with a question. Cool? Could we grab some mics for, um, thank you. Thank you, Kane. You're the man. Cool. Well, I'm going to start it off. And to be honest, starting off a panel on heart issues is quite hard. I was like, far out, I could throw them in the deep end. <laughs> but I'm not going to. Let's set the scene. So my first question for all of you tonight is, how do you identify what is a heart issue in your life? So we, there's issues in our life. There may be a moment in time where something goes wrong. But how do we identify what is a, is a heart issue? Cool? Anybody want to kick us off? Can we do a mic check? Thank you. If it's about life, it's about the heart. Um, it's especially about the heart when it comes to terms with the walk that we have with the Lord. And um, life issues are about the heart. Mm. I think it's about um, conviction rather than condemnation. So conviction is something that comes to heart and you think, man, I'm unhappy about that, but I'd like that to be better. So it's something where it comes in and says, yeah, I, I, I need to work on that. So that's a conviction rather than condemnation. So it's not something you want to, you know, there's, a, there's some that drive in there that says I want to do better. Um, I think that's when it becomes important. theme for the year or a word for the year and often it is around something to do with my heart and um, I've gone before God before and used the words of David you know um, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be found pleasing in your sight oh God and so then I go to him and I'm like okay let that be found pleasing to you so if there's something that's not pleasing please point it out so I can you know I can move through that and come out the other side um, like Gary said not in condemnation but in conviction because that propels me to then um, address some of the stuff that might be holding me back um, in my own personal life. We don't know what we have to answer this evening. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you another one, Pastor Will. 
Because I just got one fresh off the press. It's hot in here. Yeah. Okay. What is a proactive way to combat pride and selfishness coupled with prayer? That's why we put you in the middle. Giving is always uh, the answer to selfishness. Um, whenever there's an area in our life that we're struggling with, if we look for how can I give mm. in relationship to that area, that will soften our heart and it will make us tender before the Lord. And it's pleasing to the Lord and, uh, and, and that will do a work within our hearts. Yeah. And always pray about it. I mean, pray about it. It's just like what Pastor Desiree just said, that if you, you are asking the Lord, speak to me, show me the areas that you want to address. And as uh, he speaks, respond. Yeah, I believe that whenever you're challenged in, a, in, a, in an area or a heart area, is to go in the opposite spirit. So if you're feeling angry, you, you try and go in the opposite spirit of trying to be nice. <laughs> uh, you try to love someone. If, 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 that, if that person's annoyed you, then you, you work out your forgiveness in you and you go in that opposite spirit. And so sometimes it's hard, but you go in that opposite spirit asking God for the Holy Spirit to help you get through that stuff. Another thing I might just add is that if the Lord is speaking to you about a particular area, don't dwell on the downside of the thing. Uh, start to make declarations and pray into the positive side of it um, because the more you focus on the negative, the more it will become an issue. So you don't need to spend all your time uh, before the Lord saying, oh, I'm a terrible sinner, I'm so selfish, I'm, you know, and I, and, and, and I want to, to be seen in public and all of those kinds of things, whatever it is that he's addressing. Don't, don't do that. Go, thank you, God, that you've given me the grace to walk through this area with humility. Thank you that humility is a gift from you, and I receive that. So focus on the positive. One of the things I like to do is I like to do a thing I call switch trees. So a bad tree produces bad fruit. So if bad fruit's coming out, I'm in the wrong tree. <laughs> so I just take on, I switch my tree. I go to the good tree and I say, no, God's declared that I'm good. Yeah, I don't feel like it. I've got stuff wrong and everything. But actually, he's declared that I'm a good tree and I can produce good fruit. And that's sort of what you're saying, Pastor Will. You know, changing it over to that other, that other side. Start speaking the truth and encouragement. You sit there in that condemnation like, like uh, Pastor Raylene says. Man, you, it's just a downward hole. You'll never get out of it. Um, and it's the wrong place to sit. Wrong tree. Um, I think I think when you're in a situation that you feel you're selfish or you feel condemnation, just go back to Jesus and start asking God for help. And because there is wisdom and also standing on the word of God rather than on your feeling. So, for example, when, when you really feel like condemnation and then just bring, you know, that Jesus will set you free and he's the one who died for us all our sins and he's our strength in our weakness. So bring those words to fight your feeling rather than just going downwards. Bring God in the center. Yeah. Um, pride is a, a massive, massive trap that the enemy can get a foothold in your life and cause a lot of pain and a lot of damage to come flooding in the door. And so whenever you feel yourself easily um, offended or, um, you know, just easily like, how dare they? Or, you know, that kind of statement starting to come, just go, oh, 
I humble myself before you, God, because um, I'd rather say to God, I humble myself before you than humble me, God, because if I say humble me, God, then, um, you know, there's going to be some stuff I have to walk through. But if I choose to own it and say, no, I humble myself before you, then um, then he can, he's free to do the work in my life that he needs to do. And that closes the door on the enemy having a foothold in your life. The key there is to catch the thing right at the beginning before it develops into a monster. And also always open, like do not, you know, do not run away from church people or do not run away from, you know, uh, the word of God. Just stay. But also if you need help, you're always open. The one that you can trust and you can one that you can pray with. Yeah. I also think uh, if you become a Christian later on in your life, um, so you're a bit older, uh, you've got to work on pride uh, like intent, intensely. Um, what I mean by that is is you've got to be in purposeful about it. Uh, there's a whole lot of stuff that's grown in your life and established itself and has got roots and it would have grown down and, and there's a point where you've really got to go be purposeful about it and like what Pastor Aileen said, uh, deal with the things straight away. And and I like I just I like walking through my day, going Holy Spirit, point out areas in my life that don't line up with holy living. Um, that's why I don't get a lot done. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always stopping. <laughs> but uh, you, there's there's just purposely chipping away at stuff. God can take stuff away like that, miraculously and all that. But when it comes to pride and humbling ourselves and issues of the heart, we've got to be intent about purposefully getting to the root issues. Um, and here's the thing. And it says in James, you know, um, when we confess our sins one to another, uh, then he is faithful. Uh, that, you know, you can try and deal with stuff by yourself and, and, and with God. But I, and and totally that it works. But I find there's a lot of freedom when you bring something and you get something out off your chest and you're talking through through issues with someone in your life that you trust. Um, because once it comes out, uh, that the, then it doesn't have power over you. Um, but if you keep choose to keep stuff hidden in your spirit, hidden in right down there, uh, it'll it, the devil's just so good at saying remember. <laughs> Remember? But now when you bring it out, bring it into the light, get it out of the darkness, into the light, Jesus covers that, and, and there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So, um, yeah, just, I've just noticed, you know, I've just, when, when people come to Jesus later on in life, we've all got pride, whether you're, it doesn't matter if you're later, older or younger, but um, I just want to encourage you, just keep dealing with stuff. Get someone next to you that you can... Um, talk to and get encouragement from. No one's too old to have a mentor or a friend. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we've, I've got some pretty epic questions coming through here. Actually, a lot. I'm getting flooded. It's awesome. It's not like trying to force it or anything, so that's great. But before we head into all those questions, um, I want to start with this one because the next questions are quite directive. They're quite focus questions and there's some tough stuff in there so I thought we should start with this one just to open up that space of vulnerability and it's um, what's a recent testimony of a heart issue you've walked through? Uh, I can share on that one. Um, 
most of you know that I have a fatigue issue and sometimes the fatigue can get overwhelming and um, I can get into a state of anxiety. So recently I shared, um, because I, uh, this is a heart issue, so I shared this with um, four friends and asked if they would pray and they prayed and within 24 hours the thing was broken off me. And uh, so it was just about humbling myself letting them know I've got a need in this area and the prayer support that went into that broke that thing off of me. So, yeah, that was about a heart issue getting freedom from. Oh, it's no real secret because um, I share it a, a bit, but um, because I wake up every day and I have a beautiful family, um, my my heart testimony is that God is building uh, a grace to be a great dad uh, because it's a, a coming from a non-Christian family and coming from a, a place where uh, my dad taught me a way to be a parent, taught me a way to be a dad. Uh, basically, he taught me all the things not to do. Um, but every day, I just wake up and I, I, I'm, it's, still a, it's still a journey. I'm not the greatest dad in the world yet. Um, but I'm believing I can be, and I just continue to ask God to help me. And so I submit my heart to him. I submit everything to him and say, Lord, today's another day. Help. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I want to encourage all you dads out there or dads-to-be, run to Jesus. <laughs> run, just run to him. Um, and, he will, and he will, I can, I'll testify, he will grace you. Um, Desiree doesn't need to back me up or, or anything, but I, I hope she can answer this question. I'm a different father now than I was seven years ago uh, when, we, when I became a father. Or well, nine years ago. Yeah. I've got a worse memory. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I've got no problems. Um, as a dad, I need God. I need Jesus, and I'll I'll do whatever. It, I'm quite happy to um, ask questions about being a father, about how to love kids, how to. Um, I love my kids to bits, but um, I've got to work through some some areas in my heart where I have lack of patience sometimes. I do get angry sometimes, um, and the thing is, it's never their fault. And so I've had to humble myself to to God. And I just love the fact that I live 15 minutes away from church. Because um, not that church, but the church is busy. It's lots of things going on. But I pray the 15 minutes I drive home to my family. And I go, Lord, I'm going home. I'm leaving everything. Any issues, any little bits of stress. But I'm going home. I, want, I need your help to be a great dad for the next three hours when I'm at home having dinner with the kids. Um, it's crazy. We eat dinner at our house, and, and I'm like, we're at the flipping zoo. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, well, just sit down. Do you not know how to use a knife and fork? It's like, you don't need that much tomato sauce. Um, and, and then I, Desiree and I will have a discussion about it. She's like, this is normal. This is how we grew up. I'm like, What? But I was always taught to just sit down, be quiet, and do what I'm told. There's no fun in that whatsoever. Um, and, and so I'm learning again. So, yeah, anyway, amen. Just for the sake, because we've got, like, heaps of questions. Shall we keep going? Cool. 
Awesome. This one is, how do you honor leadership in your life when they aren't Christian followers and you disagree with their leadership? I can answer that question, I think. Um, I, I'm working, but most of the time my bosses are Christian. And because um, in the Bible said that uh, you work for you you work for the you know you work for your boss like you work for your God so that's just one scripture that I always remember although I disagree I know that that's what God has spoke to me so therefore I'm going to obey God Mm. read the story of Joseph (laughs) he had a few issues like there was Potiphar, there was Pharaoh, none of them knew God, but it says that he carried an excellent spirit. Same with Daniel. Daniel had an excellent spirit. Ask God for an excellent spirit. There's a whole lot more in that, but yeah. I'm keeping my answers short now, mate. That's real nice. Working on that issue. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Zing, no, no. <laughs> I'll have a pastoral meeting tomorrow, cool. <laughs> internship's starting off good, isn't it? I'll book the coffee date in, eh? Yeah, cool. Um, awesome. This one says, having a hardened heart versus guarding your heart. I feel like both of these things are very similar, but having a hardened heart is, more, is the more extreme version. What's a good check to make sure that you haven't developed a hardened heart, and what's a way to combat ever getting there? Love according to the Spirit, I think. Um, having a sensitive a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And so for some people, that's easier than others because it's part of the way that you're naturally wired. Um, but I, I think it's a key. I mean, we're told to walk accord, not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So I think that's a key. One of the things that helps me with that is to... I, talk in, I speak in tongues a lot. I, I'm always walking around the house in the car. I speak in tongues a lot, and it helps to keep me soft and subtle before the Lord. Yeah. I like to think of um, myself as having, um, and I try, and I'm teaching my children the same principle, to have a thick skin but a soft heart so that like stuff can bounce off you and it's not going to wound you and cause you damage because it's just you're quite thick-skinned and you, you roll stuff off easily, but you're still soft and tender on the inside so that you can still be kind and you can still treat other people with kindness. And too often I think we let um, loads of stuff impact us that doesn't need to impact us and that can cause us to have a hard heart on the inside. But really we need to think, hey, no, I'm, I've got a thicker skin than that. Stuff's going to bounce off but I've got a soft heart before God and I can love people through that softness on the inside. I think it's a really tough place to be in when you've got a hardened heart. I actually think when, you, when your heart is hardened, you're actually hiding. Um, it's a stubbornness that says, I'm not going to let myself be hurt. Um, I'm not going to take that risk anymore. I'm going to shut down. And if you shut down, well, that's what you're going to get. You'll be closed, you'll be shut down, and your ability to make progress then is just so limited. And, you know, unfortunately, the solution is hard. It's to be vulnerable. It's to open yourself up to risk, to that risk of being hurt. And I guess it's that thing for, for Christians, and, you know, I really encourage you in here, you know, 
being part of a small e-group is so vital. Yeah. To, or, in, or to be of some small group, yeah. some close people who can actually let you just spill your heart as it is. And, but that you, you also need to get that vulnerability to be willing to take correction. Yeah. Um, so it's not easy. I don't think it's easy at all. But yeah, the hardened heart, you, know, you, can, you think, oh, I'm just hard-hearted. Actually, you might be just frightened and hiding. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just a way of avoiding it. Um, so, yeah. I'm real keen to ask one of my questions. Sorry, team. So I'm going to ask one of my questions. It's how do you get past the excuse, it's just my personality? So if someone comes to you and identifies something in your life or starts speaking into something and there's someone you trust, not just some random or whatever, how do you get how do you get past that excuse that it's just my personality, it's my nature, it's how I operate, um, and start to address that? I I I think we've had this answer before, but you've got to go back to the word of God. Um you know, the word of God says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Well, that's just not my personality. Well, you're arguing with the word of God. <laughs> you're arguing with the word of God. Good luck. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think we've got to um, get people around you that can show you the word of God, who, who, who you're happy with, who you're safe with, and and who will patiently walk with you um you know it's jesus says come to me all those who are heavy burdened and i'll give you rest but um i think we got to go to got to go to got to go to there got to go to god but um we've also got to get people around us that are gonna challenge us uh with the word of god and and show us stuff where the what the word of god says and so when you say it's just not my personality um i I've I've shared a testimony, Pastor Mark talking about reading books. Oh, I just don't read books. He goes, well, then your leadership's capped. He's like, what do you know? <laughs> it's just pride. Mm. And so, yeah, I, I just think you've you've got to get the word of God. You've got to li- align your life with the word of God. Because um, the word of God, there's stuff that I don't want to have to do, but I know the word of God is is to direct my life. And to help me live my best life possible. Um, and so there's challenges that I have to, again, humble myself before God. And, and he's teaching me. Um, you know, I even shared it this morning. I used to not like meeting people. It wasn't my personality. I'm shy um, in nature. But <laughs> look what he's got me doing. And so, again, just having to humble myself, ask God to lead me through that. Um, you know, every personality type has like strengths and weaknesses, and um, and it's really important that we make sure we're staying in our lane of who we are, but we're not using it as an excuse to be badly behaved. And so, don't let your personality weakness um, be your excuse for for just being mean and just being badly behaved, really, and making those decisions. So, I'll give you an example. Um, I was mentoring a young girl, and she is incredibly prophetic. So she just it is black and white, and she sees it, and um, and she just calls it out. And she was a young Christian, and um, and and we just spent a, lot, a whole year, and we just worked on her delivery, because you know there's got to be love 
to give the prophetic word that will bring the shift. You can't just go in and go, you know, like like say my grandma sometimes, hey, you've got fat, like she says to people. <laughs> you know, like you just there's a way of saying these things. <laughs> you can't just go in the front door with that kind of thing, you know. Um, so that, that's what you got to think about. Like, don't don't let your personality type be an excuse for bad behaviour. There's a little saying just to add on to that um, about bad behaviour. Um, you you might be right, but you're wrong at the top of your voice. Oh, that's my personality. I just like getting things out and yelling. Well, you might be right, but you're wrong at the top of your voice. It's just to add to that. Yeah. It comes back to what I said before too about the spirit. We're called to live not according to our personality or our strengths or any of those things, which are all really important. There's a place for them, but we're not called to live by them. We're called to live by the spirit. Um, added on that, uh, where is the spirit lives, there is a freedom. So when you limit your personality before God, then you are limiting God's work through you. Um, so if you want to see the testimony, just uh, let go and just, yeah, just bring, don't bring the excuse that, oh, this is my personality. Oh, this is where I am. I'm lacking of this. Well, God can change it. Yeah. Some of you may be like me, but um, blaming my personality is a real disappointment for me. Because um, if I come across something in a, you know, for an example, my family will know I'm a sore loser. And unfortunately, I've had a lot of experience of losing. Um, <laughs> so I'm sore a lot of the time. So, you know, and if I turn around and say, oh, that's just my personality, well, boom, that's a sad place to be. I don't want to live like that. So that's a poor excuse for me. So I say, wow, if that's my personality, man, I'm going to have to find some other way to live because that isn't going to work. And that's, you know, I have to dig beyond that. And as Pastor Aileen said, you know, I'm not going to blame my personality because a lot of times I see stuff I don't like. So I've got to change that. Um, so I ask for God's help. That's the only, you know, I've only ever been able to make changes with God's help. I've never actually been able to achieve any of that, on my, anything on my own. Actually, that's my testimony. I've, I've never actually been able to do it. Tried hard, but never got there. Awesome. Hey, they were great. Thank you. I got a lot out of them. That was awesome. I need notes. I'm going to listen to that later. Cool. Um, this one is, are mental health issues related to heart problems? And how do you tackle a heart slash mental health issue problem? I'd say yes. Um, I got depression about 12 years ago now after a um, sad event in my life. And... Um, you know, through that time, that, that whole depression thing came about because of a situation in my life. And so there's a thing called spiritual depression, and it will throw you down into that. So not only was I depressed in my life, I was um, depressed in my spiritual life as well. So my heart was just a mess. And um, so, you know, for me, I went into a little bit of light medication, and medication doesn't cure anything, okay? It doesn't do anything. All it does is it gives you a window of opportunity. So it lets you relax out a bit, but you've got to actually take hold of that window and say, right, now I'm going to do something with it. And so I spent a year on that medication and created a window in my life that I began to put that back together. Now, my life came back together. And I actually focused more heavily on my spiritual life to put it back together. But So I would say they're definitely linked. Um, it's a, you know, I'm, I'm, I lean towards the depression side anyway, but, you know, but when the event in my heart, it was my heart that pulled me right into it. It was the issue in my heart drag me straight down the hole.
Correct. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Dad. Cool. Hey, none of that, please. I'm just finding a nice question for you guys. It says in Proverbs, oh, sorry. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. What does guarding your heart look like to each of you? What are your practical ways? What are your spiritual ways? What, what are all the ways that you do to guard your heart in, in different environments, different aspects of life? Cool? Watch what you're thinking. Be attentive to what you're thinking or what's coming out of your mouth. I think that's, that's always an indication of what's going on in the heart. And if you're attentive to that and you're, and you're attentive to the Holy Spirit at the same time, then uh, you'll be able to grab the thing before it gets too big. I, I say to people when I'm mentoring them, uh, if you have difficulty catching a thing before it gets too big, ask the Holy Spirit and he will alert you. And so I, I've found I've been able to get breakthrough in my life by being attentive to those things and just going, Holy Spirit, I need you uh, to alert me in advance that I'm getting vulnerable to this thing before it grabs me. Mm. We talk about our heart being, you know, our heart and soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our thinking, our choosing. And so um, you want that side of your life to be prospering. And so where you feel empty, where you feel void, then there might be some heart and soul issues and that's how you can start to identify some stuff. Um, and some practical ways for me, the, you, you know that I love the Word of God. And so for me, it's replacing any lie, any mistruth, any wrong thinking with the Word of God because that is the truth. So my own personal testimony is that I needed to rewire some of my thinking about myself and who I am. And so I would go to the Word and replace every lie with the truth. And it just, it's a process. But for me, it had to be written down. I had to see it on a piece of paper. I had to, you know, put some color around it. And I have to refresh it every, every couple of years and just go back and go, who am I? Let's have a look at the truth, the Word of God, and rewire my thinking. Because it's not, a, it's not a, um, an overnight thing. So your soul is on the journey of sanctification from when you are saved to when you will die. It's a whole big process. And um, you've never arrived until you go to be with Jesus. So there's a long journey. So dedicate some time to rewire, to change your thinking, to change your default settings. It's how I do it. I tend to go back to Word as well, like Pastor Vijay. I like to journaling as well. But, you know, sometimes some people don't like journaling or writing. Um, I think it depends on your character. Like if you like to um, singing, singing. If you like to um, writing, writing, you know, reading it. But also basis comes from the hearing or Word of God as well. So if you keep hearing and keep listening to Word of God, that actually it brings faith and it, and it was so in your heart as well. But, like, you know, if you're watching those drama, like Pastor will share uh, a couple of weeks ago, was it? Uh, was it um, you know, Suits or those dramas, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you keep watching or listening to worldly things, you know, then actually your that affects your soul a lot. Well, that's how I found it. So just keep have, continue to have a um, spiritual life. Uh, for me, I decided to wake up. Woke up at 6 a.m. every morning um, and just pray half an hour and half an hour for the reading 
uh, word of God, and actually it changed my life. And I, every time I do that, then I just surprise myself. Wow, this is how much I need of God, and why I haven't done this. This is so good, and yeah. So, um, I've I've learned it's actually my responsibility to guard my heart. <laughs> no one else's. Um, and I've learned that from being offended a lot. Just sharing that. Uh, I've been offended by uh, just the average person, um, not not to be rude or anything like that, but I've also been offended by some people who are real close to me. But it was my choice on whether I let it in or not. Um, and you know whether you let it in or not. And, um, you know, uh, John Bevere wrote a, has written a great book um, about the bait of Satan. Uh, and offense is the bait of Satan. And if you let offense in, if you let hurt in, uh, it, it will rip you up. Um, and so I've chosen. Um, it's my choice whether I let offense in or not. Um, you know, uh, moving down to Dunedin, um, one of my close, close, close friends offended uh, me about four times. Um, and I was... Mm, it was a little bit of Alma Fudd, you know. Some of you don't know who Alma Fudd is, but he's like mumble and grumble and and all that sort of hmm, whatever. Um, but I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, "Are you going to let that stop? Uh, you seen a great church built in Dunedin?" And I was like, "No, I, I want to see a great church built in Dunedin." Uh, so I just had to, I had to let the offense go. And so it was my responsibility to deal with those offenses. No one else can deal with those offenses. If you are waiting for that person to come and say sorry, good luck. <laughs> Just, um, you know. And I've, uh, here's, a, here's a little thing. You might think it's silly. But this will help you figure out with your, whether you're offended with someone or not. Is whether you can like their posts on Facebook. Oh, I'm just, oh, I'm not going to like that. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. And maybe it's a stupid post or don't like a stupid post, but, you know, sometimes you go down and you're like, oh, I'm not going to like that. I know it said it was, it was a little bit silly, but it will tell you whether you're carrying offense or hurt in your heart. If you can't encourage someone. Um, I think guarding your heart can be incredibly difficult. I'm going to go in an area that's probably the most vulnerable area. My biggest issue in life is lust and uh, has been since I was about 11. And, um, you know, becoming a Christian, you think, oh, great, man, that's all that's going to be over. No, sorry, it's not over. You know, it feels even worse. You're standing in church and some beautiful young lady is dressed provocatively and bang, there you go. Man, I'm in church. I mean, seriously, this is, I'm going to hell stuff. And that's her feel. And I know a lot of people will feel that way. And, you know, how do you guard your heart in that time? And I haven't had success in it, um, to be honest. I battle it every day. It assaults me from a dozen different directions. And the only thing I've ever been able to, to find to do is I have to flee from it. I just have to run from it. And I, I have to spill it out to Jesus. It's the only thing I can do. And, um, you know, and still knowing that it just goes on and on and on and on. But the truth is that he, he, is, he is man enough to carry that. He is God enough to carry that for me. And, you know, I used to think I was so condemned. It's, oh, you can never be in ministry, you know, if that's your problem. You can, you're never going to be anything in church if that's your problem. I tell you what, just put it out in the light. Put it out in the light. Every time it happens, put it out in the light. Put it out in the light. And I've found that the Spirit still speaks to me. 
I found that God still speaks to me. He still loves me. He picks me up. Every time I say, man, God, I'm sorry, he just picks me up. And I want to encourage you to do that because I know some of you, that'll be your problem. That'll be the biggest sin in your life. It's huge in my life. But, you know, you just to, to guard my heart, I just have to flee from it. Um, that's all I can do. I think coaching yourself with the truth is um, helpful too, and we've sort of alluded to this a little bit. One of the things that helped me, um, because I used to be a people pleaser all the time, and um, I had to go through this transformation in my thinking about why I was doing that, why was I so vulnerable, and and what could I do uh, to change um, the way that I saw people and uh, and guarded my heart in this area. So I just learned some little phrases. Some were biblical and some were just common sense, everyday life, truisms of life, um, that helped me to capture that. So if somebody got offended with me, instead of me um, bowing under that, um, I just used a little truth coach for other people's responses, other people's responsibility, and I'm not responsible for how they are. And that really enabled me um, when I was in full-time ministry to deal with people who came at me with their stuff. <laughs> um, but it was a, a way of guarding my heart and protecting me so that I wasn't being easily wounded or manipulated by the e enemy. Say one more thing. This is something Jesus has taught um, our kids. Is uh, when the disciples got sent out on their ministry trips, um, they came. Jesus says, "Go, uh, where you get received, be received. We don't get received. Shake the dust off uh, from your boots and and leave it there. Um, you know, every day, just shake the dust off." Jesus tells it to the, says to the kids when they come back from school and they tell us about. You know, little Johnny did this or whatever to me or whatever. Um, we just say, come on, just shake it off. Shake the dust off your feet. Don't let it get in um, and go from there. And, and we, c we need to do that um, spiritually. Just shake, shake the dirt off. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd say come to communion as well. Um, this, uh, I've taught before on this. It's a spiritual washing of your feet. You know, you're clean. God's declared you're clean. Just come to communion, get your feet washed again, get that dust off, get that dirt off. Just remember that you're in him and you're washed and you're pure and you're clean. Communion reminds you. That's why I'd encourage you to come. Get up early, come. Uh, one practical one, um, do not talk about other people um, and do not gossiping others because gossiping actually really get into your heart with uh, lots of lies and proud you know, hurts and everything. So stop talking about other people, you know, when there is chance or when other people are talking about, just leave, um, leave their place and start a, start a speak, you know, encouraging, encouraging word each other. Actually, that wound the soul, but also that wound your heart as well. Yeah. Cool. There's quite a few questions on, like, relationships and friendships. So I might just quite, quite like, summate them or something. Um so when you're in a relationship or with your friend or whatever, all of a sudden your strengths collide, but also your issues collide, and um, well, all of yourselves collide pretty much, and all of a sudden it can become a bit of a hiding game. Um, so how do you, when you're in a relationship, how do you speak into heart issues without offending? Uh, if you're in a friendship, especially with someone who's like a non-Christian, how do you speak into heart issues when they're not? you know, on the same level or 
that kind of things. It's just sort of like a general question. How do you navigate difficulties and relationships when it comes to heart issues? Take it as you yeah, want to. I can think of one example where um, I was getting to know a lady who had a, a real rebellious spirit issue. And I felt constrained about talking to her about it. And I, I kept praying about it and kept praying about it. And um, I, so, I, again, I was listening to what the Holy Spirit was saying, is now the time, is now the time, is now the time, was the question I was asking. And, uh, or, or, or I was also asking the question, am I just avoiding the issue? So I, I, I kept this before the Lord. And then the time came, and when it came, it was so saturated with the Spirit of God, it was easy. There was a real ease in it because I just listened to the Holy Spirit and didn't go in all guns blazing. Um, I had a friend and, um, you know, there was some, there was actually like a dishonesty thing happening where I knew that she was just telling lies and, and um, you know, that's a difficult thing to bring up with somebody. So I said to God, okay, I'm not going to bring this up unless she asks me if there's something that, she, you know, she should be looking at this year or, you know, like when we're having a conversation. Anyway, you know, a couple of weeks later she rung and she said, hey, can I come for a run with you today? And I was like, yep, totally. And I was like, okay, God, if you want me to go there, you need to bring it up. Like I'm not going to launch in because sometimes like if you just um, launch in with something, people might think you're just um, telling them what to do. There's got to be an ownership that comes from within the person. Otherwise, no change is going to happen. So, um, so I just said, okay, God, if you want me to bring this up, then you start the conversation. She'll start the conversation somehow, and then we can go there. And, you know, it was just this, the first two minutes of the run, and she's like, so I, I just want to ask you, like, I trust you, I love you, I know we're friends, so is there anything within me that you think I should be focusing on this year? And so then I had an open door, and I could just go, oh, I have noticed a couple of times when this, this, and this, and she's like, yeah, I actually agree with you. And so then we were able to journey and, and have that conversation. Um, if anyone having um, relationship with non-Christian, like, I mean, boyfriend, girlfriend, or marriage, and um, then, because, you know, we are Christian, like, you know, we believe in God, but if our spouse is not, do not take it. It is our responsibility as well. It's just simply God has his own time um, for them as well. Um I don't know why I'm talking about this, but I just really felt that there's people here a bit disappointed or people here have been waiting for long um, for their spouse to believe in God. Um, but it's that God has set his own time. Yeah. So just, you know, don't even get frustrating because God has, yeah, God has planned. So, yeah. Yeah, um... With with dating, like if you're if you're a Christian and and you connected with a non-Christian, um, I, w- I would I would get counsel on it. I'd ask some leaders around and really work on it because the Bible does clearly say don't be unevenly yoked. Um, and I'm not sa- you know situations like this are going to happen, and I'm not saying no to it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say be very 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 wise to it because you're gonna be opening yourself up to a to a battle, um, and you're gonna have to persevere in it and get get good counsel around it. 
Um, be wise. Um, find out if it is just your flesh, thinking that guy or that girl is cute. Um, ask the Holy Spirit to really help you and lead you on it. Um, yeah, get good counsel around it because, um, yeah, I just, I just believe God wants the best for you. And, and be prepared to wait for the best. Can I add to that, um, Pastor Will? Uh, that was on my heart as well, particularly for young people, you know, going into relationships. And one of the key questions, you know, is this really love? How do you know that it's love? How do you know that it's that thing? You know, and I, I reckon one of the tests is, you know, can you actually discuss hard issues? Can you get to those? Can you get, have you discussed important things? You know, and sometimes you, if you do marriage counseling for a young couple and you discover that they haven't talked about half the things that are important. You think, well, hold on a minute, what have you been doing? You know, what have you been talking about? Well, who knows, I can probably imagine what they've been doing because <laughs> they haven't been talking. But to me, it's, that, it's those hard issues because when you go through hard issues, <laughs> when you go through hard issues, um, you know, the thing that matters is can you emerge out the other side? You know, can you emerge outside of, of a difficult discussion, a difficult area to go in for either of you? Can you get through that and think, actually, I still love this person? I, I really like this, but now you start to talk about, now this is something that should be seriously considered. If you can't do that, I mean, and I challenge you, test it. Push it. Don't, don't just settle for, oh, you know, I've been going out for eight years with him, I'm just hoping you ask me to marry him. Well, you know, I mean, so many people like that, I think, wow. Seriously, I would have challenged on heart issues a long time ago. <laughs> a long time ago. This is a word of knowledge. If you've been dating someone for 15 years and they haven't asked you to marry them, drop them. Amen. Move on. <laughs> Maybe it's not a word of knowledge, but yeah. um, great answers, guys. But I want to hit you up again. Um, just redirect you back to that question. As guys, we're not always great at hanging out and talking the hard stuff. Uh, we're good at hanging out sometimes. And I know you didn't directly divert the question, but I want to head back to it. Um, how do you, with your mates, how do you get into a space, or how do you even? get past the point of just hanging out and go in to address something um, and get vulnerable, pretty much. Um, so, lads, question for you. Um, okay, but first I'll put the pressure back on the girls, not the, these girls, but um, if in the situation, obviously, the, the girl is trying to get the guy to get serious in the talk, um, don't try that after dating for one week. <laughs> All right? Don't, don't talk about marriage after dating for one week. Maybe start talking about marriage six months a year. Don't try and go too fast. I mean, this is talking about marriage, but don't, tr don't try and go too fast on a guy. Um, and here's the thing. Both guys and girls don't like being pushed into a situation. Um, be patient. Um, and again, like what Deirdre was saying, uh, just pray into it. Um, and then, guys, from a guy point of view, man up a little bit. If 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 you really want to create a great uh, a relationship, um, you are going to have to be vulnerable, um, and and you are going to have to get to a place where y you trust and you you're willing to give absolutely everything. Um, to this girl, but um, also on the other hand, girls, just just take your time. Don't rush things. 
that's my answer. Well, doesn't it smell like males and males? Yeah, yeah, yeah also. Well, another, another great oh, answer, great, an great answer. <laughs> I love your diversions, they're awesome. If you were clearer on your question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, guys. that was great, but yeah, some more like just like more friendship, hanging out, guys, addressing. You know things. what? Here's here's the answer. Your mate actually uh, probably wants to talk about the same thing too. Oh, guys, we got there's 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 three things that you. <laughs> I get into um, what was it called? Valiant man. Guys, Dr. Alan Myers does this course called Valiant Man. There's three things that you will get challenged with in your life. Um, now, for the sake of all the ladies in the house, I'm not going to tell you what they are, but I know you're going to be challenged with them. I'm deciding whether I'm going to tell you or not. <laughs> um. Everyone, guys, everyone will struggle with something, whether it's lust, uh, whether it's pornography, whether it's masturbation. I'm telling you guys, you're all going to struggle with one of those areas. And, and I want to encourage you, find someone to talk to about, because when you bring it into the light is when you get the freedom in it. We did a Valiant Man course in Masterton, and it's over 10 weeks. And at the end of that 10 weeks, it's designed, it's very well strategized. It's designed for guys. Uh, and at the end of that, man, there was so much freedom, so much freedom. Um, if you want to try and bottle it up and deal with it yourself, good luck. Just good luck. Um, get, go, get, get together with a group of guys um, and, and just talk some of the issues through. Yeah? I think, I think, guys, you have to be prepared to, to spend a lot of time trying to find that person who will um, listen to you, who will be able to be there for you. You'll meet a lot of guys that are just shallow and they'll just brush it off. It happened to me. I was in a men's group, and when I really fell into trouble, they all turned around and said they didn't have a problem. But once I'd fallen, oh, yeah, they all had a problem, all right? You know, and I thought, <laughs> what's going on? But be prepared to, to push through. Don't give up when that, that first guy said, oh, oh, I didn't really have a problem with that. Well, move on. Find somebody else. That guy's not going to open up to you, you know, but just keep pushing, keep pushing to find that one who will. Um, I don't know, maybe it's something we need to think about in, in the church life that, that there is a known safe area, safe people you can come to with that stuff, you know. It's easy, isn't it? You get up and say, oh, I've become a Christian, I've got a smoking addiction, you know, you can talk about that, you know, but it's really hard to stand up in front of church, put your hand up and say, I've got a problem with masturbation. Oh, God, that's white elephant in the room, isn't it? Cool. Who said that, <laughs> you know? But if we can't say it, if, we, if there isn't somewhere safe that we can do that, then we're going to make no progress whatsoever. We're just going to be hidden under the shelf and we're just trying to, you know, trying to keep a lid on a boiling pot. Um, you know, so somewhere we've got to find some room. But I, I just encourage you guys to keep pushing through. Keep, just keep pushing through that from guy to guy until you find one that says, hey, mate, it's okay. You know? Don't listen to that guy who says, oh, don't worry about that. Everybody does that. Just carry on. Yeah, don't listen to that. Yeah, it's not going to get you anywhere. Um, so just keep pushing. And the, and the devil loves to bring shame. Loves to, guys. He loves to crush you. He loves to just destroy your spirit. Um, but you're wired the way that you're wired. God created you the way that He created you. But it's learning how to use that that way that He's created you to be a champion, 
be a be a David, ready to run, and be a, be a warrior to fight. Um, uh, that's that's why he's given it to us. And uh, I'm sure the same goes for some girls. I know some girls have that problem too, and uh, you know all those sort of issues, yep. and that stuff. It's you know it's not just a guy thing. Some some women, I'm sure that the women feel exactly the same way. But find someone you can speak to. You know, share it with, pray with. I, I, and I'll share one more, one little bit. Um, uh, guys, find find someone that you can talk to. I just shared with someone the other day. After ten years of ministry, I feel like I've got a friend. Can I just say that? Guys, get vulnerable. Find someone you can talk to. It'll take a little while to find that person. But when you find that person uh, who, who you know can slap you on the back, give you a high five, but is also there to pray and to champion you on, it's, there's nothing, nothing, more, nothing like it. Um, I've got a beautiful wife, and she champions me on. Um, but you've got to have a friend. You've got to have a couple of friends who you can... You know, smack smack life with. So, just find that person. Amen. Um, so, like everyone say here, you know, if you're hiding, it's a shame. But if you open it, and it's it's gonna be your victory. It's gonna be your testimony. So, and testimony brings a lots of power. And so, if you have one that area, you know, you wanted to share with your friends, that actually it would bring a lots of people's freedom as well. Um, and I forgot. <laughs> Say anything, it's all good. <laughs> uh, uh, for the addiction for the uh, girls, I think I'm going to, like, if someone's going to say, oh, do you have this addiction or do you have this? I think I have pretty much everything that I had addiction in my life. Um, but there is a hope. Like, I God helped me to overcome of all of this. So smoking, you know, those, you know, last and those everything, you know, like, yes, women go through these things, you know, it's not just for male, but what I can tell you that every time I feel fail or every time I feel weak because of I have that addiction, but if I go bring this to the God and he will be always helping me and, you know, and then you will have that victory anyway, but the enemies just keep telling you, no, you're not going to get over this. You've been this for 10 years. You've been this for 20 years or 30 years, and you are just, you know, you're just like, but it's not. It's a really big lie, and actually God can bring more than freedom for that area. Also, you can live your life in fullness. Yeah, and there's so much more, but we just have to actually open and vulnerable to God so that he can walk with us. And he can change our life um, from those lies as well. I, th- I think um, I think it's in Psalm 38, uh, my favourite scripture. I should remember the v- reference, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, but it says, you know, the steps of a good man, and I'll put in there, and a woman, are ordered by the Lord. And then it says, though they fall, they'll not be cast down because the Lord upholds them with His hand. A good person falls. You're not a bad person because you fall. That's life. You will fall. I guarantee you, every one of you will fall in some way into something. And the truth is, it says, God says, no, you're mine. I will uphold you with my hand. 
you need to remember that so that you're not condemned. You know, David, David was a man that said he had a heart after God. Oh, right. So, you know, lusting after Bathsheba, taking into his bed, and then having her husband killed, that's a man with a heart after God. Yeah, it is. He fell. But his heart was, I don't want to be that kind of man. He put his hand up and said, I'm, I'm wrong. God help me. And I encourage you, you can do that too. It's all you have to do. God help me. Awesome. But I think we're getting close to a close. So I'm just going to ask you each, if, if you want to close off with a piece of wisdom or just something that just wraps it up, maybe it's a quick testimony, just something that, a um, little take-home message or like a victory or anything like that, um, just, just open up the floor to finish it off. Cool. Just keep short accounts. Don't let the devil get him. Don't let him get a foothold. And if he does, just humble yourself before God. Hand it over. Um, it doesn't mean some of the stuff doesn't hurt, because it does hurt. There's some horrendous stuff that happens to people. But run to Jesus and hand it to him. And keep handing it to him until you get freedom in it. For any area of shame um, that you're carrying from past behavior or past incidents or um, something that happened to you or something that you did, um, you can receive honor instead of shame when you come before God. In Isaiah 61, it talks about how we can be given a double portion of honor and you will no longer remember the shame of your youth. So for any area, if there is shame lurking in your heart, Come to Jesus and let him replace it with a double portion of honor. I carried something for a number of years um, that I was struggling with and uh, didn't feel like I could talk to anybody about it because I was a pastor. And the Lord kept saying to me, confess your sins one to another. And I was going, how can I do this? How can I do this? And I avoided it uh, for all those years until it came to a head and I finally humbled myself and shared it with some friends and trusted people and um, the, the thing got broken off of my life and I, do I wish I had done something about that before that. I, I just want to say to those who are in leadership, <laughs> God will provide you with a safe place and, um, and, and and that's his heart. It's it, we don't have to be perfect. We just have to have a heart for him. That's what he's looking for. It's the heart for him. Mm. Just if you want to be perfect, well, there's no chance because no one is gonna be perfect <laughs> in this world. Um, so just you know, just do not even think about getting perfect or anything because that is actually really a beautiful area in our, as a human being, because we are imperfect. That's why we all need of God. We all need a grace and his love and his hope. So yeah, just be thankful that, you know, that he's our strength in our weakness. And um, the other thing is I think we should ask God as more boldly, like friends of God, because God says in the Bible, you're not, not, you not longer called slave, you are my friend, and then everything I have is yours. So 
we already have all his goodness in our life. We just need to ask him boldly like just friends, you know? Yeah. So I think that would be really cool. Um, I'd just like to flip it over. We've been talking a lot about our own heart issues and what we do for ourselves in this. Can I flip this over and say, what about when somebody comes to you with these things? And, uh, you know, we need to be a people that forgive and just forgive and forgive. You know, the disciples came and asked Jesus, how many times, you know, do we forgive? And he said 70 times seven. And I don't know if you know, but in Daniel, there's a prophecy, 77s are decreed until the end of time. I believe Jesus was saying, I think you should just keep forgiving until the end of time. I don't think we should ever stop forgiving. That's that's the thing. If you, know, you want to come to me, I'm just going to keep forgiving you because I've been forgiven so much, and it just keeps going for me. And and so I think we need to be people that forgive. Um, that's the way forward. I think without forgiveness, I don't think we've got anything to offer at all. Um, thank God for Jesus and his forgiveness. I was going to be subtle about it, but Will, would you like a praise song? Oh, yeah, would you like to sing us? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. No. It's good, it's good. <laughs> hey, why don't, we, why don't we all pray? Cool. Come on, let's stand. Awesome. Hallelujah, Lord. Uh, it is all about our heart, Lord. Uh, the issues of life flow out of our heart. And, and the devil will do whatever it takes to try and suppress that and to try and hurt our heart and to try and stop us from being the amazing men and women that we are. And Lord, I pray for every hurt heart here tonight. Lord, whether it's they've been hurt, whether it's they've been disappointed, whether they've had a relationship turn upside down, Whatever it is, Lord, I just pray for their heart. And I pray, Lord, that you would give them exactly what they need. You would reveal, Lord, exactly what they need. You would fill them with exactly what they need, Lord, to know your love and your grace. Because your word says your grace is sufficient for us. You said the Holy Spirit is our as our comforter and our counselor. Lord, where we've been disappointed, where we've been hurt, where we've been heartbroken, where we need to give forgiveness and release areas that are holding us back, it's through you, Holy Spirit, that you will lead us and guide us. And so, Lord, I pray for the courage to be able to work these areas out. I pray, Lord, for the that person that brings safety around us to be able to share and bring it into the light and to pray through areas. Lord, I pray for the journey and I pray for the time. Lord, whether it's the first time they pray, whether it's the second, third, whether it's a journey onwards, Lord, we commit to having the courage to guard our hearts, to clean our heart out, even like what David said in Psalm 51. Create in me a new heart, O Lord. A clean heart, O Lord. And renew a right spirit within me. And so, Lord, tonight, if there's areas where we need to ask Jesus to create in us a clean heart.
and renew a right spirit. Lord, I pray for the courage for all of us to be able to step into that. So, Lord, we thank you that you're the ultimate in love. You're the ultimate in forgiveness. You're the ultimate in grace. And, Lord, we receive you into our hearts. We receive you into our situations. And we choose now not to hold on to those hurts and those pains and those disappointments. Lead us and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, we've had lots of questions tonight and lots of different answers, and and it probably has provoked some stuff. Um, and if, if you do want to catch up with someone, you want to talk to someone, I, I encourage you to go and make that uh, appointment. Go and connect with that person. Maybe it's an e-group leader. Maybe it's one of the pastors. Just maybe it's a good friend that you know who you can confide in and you can trust. But just go and do it. Bring it into the light. Let God release you. And don't let the devil have a foothold over your life. Amen? Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise? Just... Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.